0: Vomiting rainbows. This is uh, episode twenty-five. Uh, it's a milestone episode where we go back and we revisit a little bit of our history.
1: Yeah, we talk about some uh, some stories from past episodes, and we also go on some uh, epic current tangents. We talk about feet. Yeah. Talk about tattoos. Talk about tattoos. We
0: talk, we talk about, about, yeah. about flaca. Flaca. And the non-use of flaca. So listen and enjoy, <laughs> dude. So uh, twenty-five and. Not even wearing your vomiting rainbows T-shirt.
1: Did you? Did you cross out the? uh I did.
0: I crossed out. You can see it now. No longer says twenty. It, now it says, says twenty-five. 25. No 20 explanation. Five.
1: When are you gonna cross out the twenty-five and put like?
0: Uh, I think it's time to get new shirts.
1: Really? Yeah. It, okay. might be, it might be time. I think it'd be cool if like like you know twenty-five.
0: It just, it just keeps going. Maybe I'll just get like a white line under it.
1: What's the next like? So the next big one's thirty. Is the next one big one 30? I think it's like birthdays, like thirties okay. big, okay. like twenty big, thirties big, then forty, and then fifty.
0: Okay. So I think for for thirty we should shoot to have somebody like really rock star on. Mm. Like maybe maybe we could convince Matt Pinfield to come on. Oh Matt would come on, yeah, yeah. yeah or so Dave, how
1: about how about maybe Dave Grohl?
0: Dave Grohl. I'm totally. We not could
1: right. do stuff by phone with a lot of rock stars. Getting okay. them in is a little bit harder, and I prefer to have them in the flesh. Yeah, than just on the phone. But uh, we, we'll work on something. We, we'll okay. work on something fun. If we
0: could get Dave Grohl, that would be pretty. I would do that over phone. That would be pretty,
1: pretty. Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, or
0: by video conference like Skype.
1: Yeah, we'll have to work on that technology. We're just, we're just we're we just big. got our streaming down. Let, let's take baby steps. When <laughs> yeah, it comes we, to I the, don't know uh, if we
0: should go that far. Yeah. So does I mean does this mean like we're quarter century now?
1: Basically, I think that in the podcast world, we are young adults. We mm-hmm. moved out of our parents' house. We not, actually have uh, our own apartment. Not
0: not not at this age.
1: Not this age. Not no,
0: 25. Not, you're still we're still mooching off our parents. In
1: 2017? Yeah. It,
0: it just depends. Really? Yeah. Man. I
1: feel like it that's still like a thing. I see that that I think that is one thing uh that makes me feel old is uh-huh. when I come across people uh who are like 25 it's it's like our parents like like we were 20 and we we didn't have a family of five kids they were like you don't have any kids yet you know know what i mean because like the generations things change over time um i think that's the one thing that does make me feel old is like when i meet people like who are 25 or 30 and they're just like i just bought my first car and you're like what or like yeah you you know what i mean like it's kind of like or
0: or or they just got off their parents insurance and they're like 30.
1: I wish I I wish that was an option when I was growing up. You know, I I just don't think I had insurance.
0: Yeah, I think you, oh, you might not have.
1: Yeah, like I think I think like back then it was just kind of like you were 18 and then you basically didn't get insurance till maybe you got some type of legitimate job. Right. You know what I mean? So there were there are many years there. I think basically what but I I'm used,
0: talking car insurance
1: though. Oh, car insurance, yeah, cuz the law dude, that's how old we are.
0: <laughs> the law doesn't didn't require it, did it, it? didn't
1: you didn't have to have insurance. No. When I got my license, you did Uninsured not have to— Uninsured
0: have... motorist fee yeah. was not even an issue.
1: Yeah. I remember when it changed because I still didn't get insurance, and I got pulled over, and there was a grace period, I think of, like, maybe a year. And the guy was like, dude, it's been 18 months. Like, you need to go get insurance, or you're going to have to pay, like, a crazy ticket. And right. I remember I was in San Jose. I drove down to, like— like There were all these, like, pop-up insurance places. You know there's all those, those places where you can buy gold now and sell right. gold? It was like that, but for car insurance. And there was this place— uh, in San Jose on like uh San Carlos Street next oh, to a it, laundromat.
0: It was called the general.
1: <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was like it was like there was like a it looked like this place had just opened up uh that morning. There was like a desk and like a dude with some forms and you wrote him a check for like fifty bucks and then he gave you like a, a thing he sent to the DMV. I don't even know if it was legit, but I didn't have to pay the ticket. Right. Um we're totally tangenting right now. We are. But, so, uh, yeah.
0: But what we'll, what we'll say is this is Vomiting Rainbows. 25! We are on episode 25. Uh, this is a podcast where I tell my, my buddy Mike some stories that he knows nothing about, and he chews them up and spits them back in a colorful rainbow.
1: The thing that sucks about this podcast for me is um, you give me these stories that I know nothing about, but I realize now that I've been doing this podcast for 25 times— I just don't know a lot. <laughs> like, like, it's not just in this podcast people throw things at me that I don't know a lot about. This happens, this is like a daily theme in my life, uh-huh. where people come up to me and they'll, they'll start conversations about things that they're so passionate about, and I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I do know that there is a thing called Pop Tart Burritos. Yes. Like, the things I know are so different than what most people are talking about. I feel kind of like I'm I'm like on an island of disconnectivity. It's strange.
0: Well... well- well, the other thing too is you spend so much time kind of hunkered in here. This is true. So uh, here is uh, the studio in which Mike works. Yeah,
1: I'm a radio DJ, and I, so I spend a lot of time listening to music. And the thing that's interesting when you when you listen to music a lot, and uh, especially like if you listen to a lot of the same songs over and over again, you pay a lot of attention to the lyrics. You 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 spend your time researching these bands, and so like my my knowledge base, like I may be a PhD. In musicology, when it comes to like alternative music, right?
0: I dude, I know that several times I'll we'll be talking about something, and I'll throw out a lyric to a song, and then you'll hear it, then you'll kind of keep your your train of thought, and then giggle.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the problem is, is that, it, and that's my point. Like, it's it, what is it applicable for? Giggles. Yeah, <laughs> you giggles. Know I mean? right. like if I had this type of knowledge in programming or like astrophysics, I would be like one of the leading astrophysicists in the world. Right. You know, it just happens that I applied my, uh, my brain power to music, which I love, and I'm glad I did. But uh, anyway, it is a theme that I'm seeing more and more in my life that I, I don't know right. a lot about a lot of things.
0: Well, so on on this episode of the podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to revisit a bunch of our... Mm-hmm. what I would say are biggest stories, of which one we, we aren't going to revisit because there's no need, and that's when we were talking about Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff. That was good stuff, though. Yeah, it was good stuff. We got a lot of feedback on that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, the first thing that we should definitely do is talk about the one, two, three, four tattoo that is on, <laughs> on your foot, which just smells like a bouquet of flowers.
1: Yeah. Actually, it doesn't even smell at all. My feet don't smell. Yeah. they can, but they don't right now. Okay, for some reason. But yeah,
0: I, I, I consider that a blessing.
1: Yes. Uh, Doug asked me to share a, uh, a a tattoo today, which is interesting because I, I know Doug doesn't have any tattoos, but I think he wants to get one. No. And I think that you're interested in it, and so like you kind of want to know like the reasons why I have certain tattoos, what they mean, right? What motivated me to get them? Mm-hmm. Um, to see maybe if you're like you know like you're like okay, well that you know like if Mike can get a tattoo because. He was inspired by a squirrel he saw walking in, in Golden Gate Park. I guess if I get a tattoo to honor my mom, it's okay. Right. You know, like I'm a litmus test for you.
0: Yeah, you but, are You yeah. are a litmus test, especially because uh, you have told me that almost every one of your – you have some that have extremely deep meanings. Yes. And others when you were passing by a tattoo shop and really wanted to get a tattoo. This is true. So uh, it's kind of both ends of the spectrum.
1: One, two, three, four on my right foot. I'm a drummer. Uh, oh. The bass drum – you know, uh, you play with your right foot. Right. Um, and that's like your basic count of rock and roll is one, two, three, four. Um, if you're a fan of the Ramones and that actually, so that, that tattoo is like a a Ramones tattoo, but it's the ultimate Ramones tattoo. And I'll tell you why. Um, the Ramones, they, 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 if you ever saw them live in concert, they didn't talk at all in between songs. They never addressed the crowd. They never shared any stories. The only thing you would ever hear from one of them was one, two, three, four, and they kick into the next song. Right. And the Ramones are one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, I just love them. They were so awesome. Uh, I, I, I saw them a handful of times. And every time I saw them, um, I just have a great memory of it. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet Marky Ramone. Oh, and wow. okay. he's He's the drummer. He's not the original drummer. He's the He basically, once the original drummer left and managed the band, I think after the first or second record— uh, Marky became the drummer, so he's drummed with them for, forever, and uh, I think he's one of the only, you know, besides CJ, one of the, you know, couple of Ramones that are still left alive. Anyway, I got a chance to meet him, and at the same time we met him, uh, there was, a like, a tattoo party going on, mm-hmm. and so I went to Marky Ramone, and he plays the drums. I play the drums, and I said, hey, man, I go, um, will you tattoo? I, I want a I Ramones tattoo. I want you to tattoo me, you know, and he goes, okay, what do you want? I said, well, you know, I play the drums, and I love your drumming style. It's been inspiration in my life. Can you uh, tattoo one, two, three, four on my foot? And so he takes a Sharpie and he writes one, two, three, four. Uh He's like, all right, cool. And the the tattoo artist is there. And he's like, all right, yeah, now you can get a tattoo. And I was was like, no, dude, like I want you to pick up the tattoo gun and tattoo this on my foot.
0: Is he a tattoo artist of any sort? Not at all. Not at all. Never touched a gun.
1: No, and he's got to be almost, I mean, he's in his 60s, dude. And he literally was like, I've never tattooed anyone before in my life. I've never tattooed anyone. He's like, this is crazy. Right. But he was down for it, so he literally took the tattoo gun and one and, and traced his uh, one, two, three, four on my foot. So my, that tattoo is a Ramones tattoo, tattooed by a member of the Ramones. That is really cool. Should I just drop the mic and walk away? Right yeah, now? I think he should just you know do that. I mean, that's pretty. I don't know, you know. So that's that's kind of that's the story behind that tattoo. Um, and I, I, I say it's the ultimate Ramones tattoo because it was actually tattooed on my foot by uh, a member of the Ramones. Like, that's, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like what else do you have to say, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, uh, I had a really cool, like, kind of uh, dinner last night. For It was uh, Jerry Harrison's birthday. Okay. Uh, from uh, Talking Heads. Yeah. And he invited me up. We were having dinner with some of his friends. I spent all night talking to john perry barlow which was epic and what do you guys talk about uh you you know me i slide into geekiness yeah um and so we talked about the origins of windows awesome (laughs) and who was first mac or windows yeah and then we he got very heated with me and very adamant that it was mac first yeah. There was a, there was a lot of googling going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And do you think some stuff online like like changes? You know what I mean? Like maybe Google's more into the the, the Windows, so they kind of change the information. You, you know what I'm talking no, about? Yeah. Like someone who, who's who's writing stuff for for Apple, obviously, like we were first, right? You know what I mean? So there could be a lot of misinformation because from what I understand from our current president, Doug, all news is fake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I've, what to believe anymore. There's
0: there's nothing real. Yeah, and and if it is real, you can just give an alternative fact exactly so confusing uh so it got it got very heated that and at that point i did realize that he is a very staunch supporter of mac mm-hmm. um but then the other thing that i i found out was uh as like a rock legend he knows this stuff inside and out like yeah i was talking to him as somebody who studied this and he was he was schooling me on different parts of history as well yeah it was
1: about it, rock music? No. Oh, about about computers? About computers. Yeah.
0: He's fascinated with it. I feel like when you're in the Bay Area, you're kind of, if you're in somewhat way technically savvy, you get to meet people and then you're fascinated with them. And no matter what, you will probably.
1: Well, especially when, you, when you're meeting people that, I'm sure he has access to all kinds of people like he yeah. probably hangs out with Wozniak he probably hangs out with dudes who were there right yeah. and you know this, these guys are, are living he has, he history had
0: Waz on his phone he was like let's just call Woz right now and resolve this and yeah. I'm like it's you know it's a little late and we've had some drinks let's, yeah let's not call Woz."
1: but that's awesome and I mean and I think that's one of the cool things about living in the Bay Area is that so much of you know computer history is here I mean I, I, don't, I, I don't know if you've ever gone to it I have the computer history museum in Mountain View I have. It is awesome. It is amazing. It is so awesome. And, I mean, it really it, – it gives you the whole kind of span of er, very early computing to, you know, somewhat what's going on right now. But, you know, if you are uh, – and I wouldn't consider myself a computer geek. I loved it. Right. And I, I learned a lot, and it gave me a really kind of – like, it's a, it's a great feather in the cap to have that this is – you know, the, the Bay Area, this is where all this stuff, you know – kind of formed you know so but so so it's I find it fascinating yeah doug I do have to uh backtrack though we were talking about uh a tattoo on my foot earlier right you took a picture of it that you're gonna post when, when we post this yeah uh,
0: it'll be on Instagram all of our social media I got a couple questions for you why yes.
1: do dudes feet look so weird and women's feet don't like, like if you see a woman's foot it's painted it looks kind of attractive you might consider well, putting it in your all, mouth
0: they, they 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 paint it
1: they paint it yeah
0: so they know you're gonna look at their feet
1: but like a guy's foot, it looks like it belongs. Like, like my, like I was looking at a picture of my foot. I'm all, this belongs on an animal. Like this, like it just doesn't look healthy. It looks like it's never seen the sun. You know what I mean? Like, well, like why are dudes' feet
0: so gross? Well, and we don't ever put them on display. Like women put their sh- their feet in open toed shoes yeah. that are very beautiful and all of these things. And guys like cover them as much as they possibly can. Yeah, Is like it, I mean, it's high it, tops. We it, would wear high top boots if possible.
1: I think that maybe if if I, if I if my feet were more exposed to air, they'd be better looking. Like, I feel like, I, I looked at that picture of my foot, I'm like, that, that looks like something that's dying. It looks like something that's suffocating. It looks like something that needs to be loved. It wasn't,
0: it wasn't green.
1: It wasn't green, but at the same time, I was just like, dang, man, that thing is pale, and it's like, it looked like it, it was like Attached to a dead person.
0: Yeah, and when was the last time you got a mani-pedi or something? Never. Yeah. I never have.
1: Yeah, it's no. st- just things that we're not concerned about. And I've had, like, ingrown toenails when yeah. I played sports. I mean, yeah. my feet have been through some gnarly stuff.
0: I have, I have a, a girlfriend who uh, will be unnamed uh, who was really reluctant to tell me what she had to do one day. Because I was like, hey, we got to go to this thing. Do you want to go with me? And she was like, um, I can't. And I'm like, why not? And she's like, I have an appointment. I don't want to talk about it. And yeah. it was because she had an ingrown toenail. They're,
1: they're nasty. They're gnarly. They're gnarly. They are so painful. Oh, dude. And, and I got it. I had them. I, I played, I played uh, sports. And <laughs> looking back, I realized why I got them so bad when I played uh, sports in high school. And it was because my parents, I'm not blaming my parents because I could have said something. But if you have a kid, you basically, you, you know, you get your, their feet measured and, and whatever, you know. Right apparently my parents just kind of stopped measuring my feet at size 10 and a half uh-huh. so like my entire high school career like I I uh I wore a size 10 and a half cleat and then when I got out of high school and went into the army like I had like an 11 like a 11 wide so my entire like high school career I was wearing like these super small like right. compressed cleats and, and it just it destroyed my feet it just yeah. would rub against it and I mean and, and they, they have to like Dude, if a if a ingrown toenail gets infected, it is the grossest thing on the planet. They and have they to cut it out. They yeah, cut they, it
0: all the way to the bone.
1: Yeah, I had it. I had I, it on both sides. Did you? I, have, ran
0: tra- I, I, I ran track.
1: I was both sides too. Yeah, and it's gnarly. They, they take it. They they numb your foot. They take a pair of scissors and they cut it right down Ugh, the center. And then they grab like a pair of pliers and they just pull Ugh. the nail out. <laughs>
0: Oh, i can just I can just feel people all throughout our podcast cringing
1: and then they take some kind of crazy like acid
0: yeah and they, they kill it
1: yeah and they put it on the end of a q-tip and then they cram it in oh. the, into where they just ripped out the nail I couldn't watch dude and it kills the nerves down yeah. there and kills the nail so it doesn't grow back mm-hmm. and dude it it's it is so weird because on one part, like, the pain Dude, if, I, if feeling, I just
0: pass out, you'll just tilt me back up, <laughs> all right?
1: You know what I'm saying? You've been through this. <laughs> I have. So have but, I.
0: Yeah, but I'm, I think I'm reliving it all now. <laughs>
1: yeah. So so the weirdest thing is when they do this procedure, the, the part of the ingrown toenail all of a sudden feels immense relief. Yeah. But then you have this, like, new pain, yeah. like this deep nerve pain, and it's and just— And it doesn't go away doesn't for, go away.
0: A, for a, like, at least a week.
1: Yeah, and I remember my football coach, like, I was like, I can't practice. Like, I just had my nails ripped out, and he was like— he, he I remember he stomped on my foot. He's like, You gotta toughen up. And I oh. was just like, ah! Oh my god. I'm like, You I can't I can't run. I can't plant off the foot. It was right. so painful.
0: I, I the other thing too is that when I got mine done, he's like, Um, yeah, you're getting one on the other one, so we might as well do that one now. And I was like, I I don't think I can do this again. Yeah. And he was like, No, dude, you can do this.
1: Yeah, no, it's horrible. No, it was awful. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> this is totally grossing me out too though for yeah. some reason.
0: All right, so let's go on to the way back machine. Yeah. Um Let's, let's go back to episode number two, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to say something to you, and then you're going to tell me what story I'm talking oh, about.
1: Yeah. This, is, this is like a short-term memory test. Yeah,
0: so uh, the kid said, help me, I ate something bad, to a police officer. Uh, and the police officer said, what'd you eat? And he turned to him square in the face, and he said, humans.
1: He was on Flocka, bro. He was on Flocka. Yeah, Flocka, definitely so I, highlight. Think, I
0: think this was probably you and I's, like, most amusing episode because we really enjoyed the Flocka discussion.
1: Well, I mean, I think anytime you talk about recreational drugs, number one, there's always cool names. So they're, they're always kind of, you know, they always – whoever markets the recreational drugs should should, like, take that talent and get into marketing candy bars or something because right. they always think of, like, cool names and things that sound interesting. Like, you know, I don't want to eat people – but at the same time, like, Flocka sounds like something that would be fun to experiment with, right? Right. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, th- I think that their, their talents are a little misguided. Um, but, it, it, you know, I, I remember that conversation specifically because of Flocka and it being the new, new drugs. I'm not really into recreational drugs, so it's always fun to, to find out what the kids are doing. Um, but then I think anytime the topic of, of narcotics comes up, it's always interesting because it, it's been such a huge part of our lives. Yep. From Just Say No and Nancy Reagan to dare. where we're at now, D.A.R.E., to where we're at now, where, you know, recreational use of marijuana is going to be uh, a reality.
0: D.A.R.E. stands for Drugs Are Expensive, right?
1: D.A.R.E., I don't know. D.A.R.E. <laughs> to Resist Drugs. I, I think I have one of those stickers on my car. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so um where we left this when we were talking about this in episode two was this guy was in intensive care. He hadn't talked to anyone. Um they didn't know what he had had, but they assumed it had to be one of these drugs, like flocka or something.
1: And that's the that's the hard thing too. I always think for like law enforcement or even like health agencies, like all of a sudden, you know, this guy eats somebody, he's in the ER. This guy's locked up, and and they're like, "What did you take?" And he's like, "Flocka." Yeah. And they're like, "What is it? like they, they? You know, like they're like, what is flocka? They don't even know.
0: They have no idea.
1: It's almost like it's almost like when the guys who make all these crazy drugs in their labs out in the desert. Like, when they release them, they should send, like, a, a, a bulletin to, like, emergency rooms. Like, dude, you're going to have a bunch of crazy drugged-out people on flaca. This is what it is. This right. is how you can kind of get them down from it. This is like a public service, right? Right.
0: So, so just to quickly revisit it, um, what happened was uh, this young guy, Austin Haroof, uh, was eating dinner with his father and sister at a sports bar and— um, and we remember this specifically because I brought this up. I brought up the the sports bar, and then I told you that it was twelve ninety nine for all you could eat ribs. I know, and you got excited about it and thought that we should do a, a podcast from there. I know, but
1: I don't uh, understand how a place can make money thirteen dollars all you can eat ribs. Like ribs are expensive. Yeah, they take a long time to prepare, and you can eat tons of them. Yeah, so I mean, for twelve ninety nine that that boggles the mind it really does
0: so so now they've changed it it's a half slab for
1: 9.99 and who eats a half slab of ribs
0: no one no one on the planet just sits down and has like a half slab i think that's like four
1: i think i think and i you know it's usually a half slab and what like half chicken or you know yeah. you get you know but if you want ribs you got to go full rack man.
0: you got to go like all night yeah You're, there's no need to
1: switch Half rack is is I'm actually wearing a a rib shirt right now. Gorilla Barbecue in Pacifica. Have you ever eaten there? No. Oh my god.
0: Are we going to do a podcast from there while eating ribs?
1: We should. I think that's
0: that's you know maybe that's thirty. We'll have Dave Grohl. We'll eat Dave Gorilla Barbecue. Great, Dave Gorilla Barbecue.
1: Um, the thing about Gorilla Barbecue though is like I can eat a half rack of their ribs. Like, like I get like a triple meat plate on that, and it is so much food, Doug. mm -hmm. Like it is ridiculous. Like if I go there for lunch, I don't eat dinner or breakfast. I can't even eat all the food. It's so much, but it's so good. But, like, two of their ribs must have, like, five pounds of meat on it. It's ridiculous.
0: I I did that. uh, I went to Franklin's, and I got their sampler plate. Uh, So Franklin's in Austin. Yep. Oh, my God, dude. By the time I was out of there, I like I, I felt, because it's so good, I yeah. felt obligated to eat it all. Yeah. Uh, dude, I thought I was going to—I had meat sweats. And there's like,
1: what? There's, like, stubs in Austin? Yeah. They're supposed to be just—I have a couple friends that live in Austin, and, and I've never been to Austin. I can't believe it, but uh, they say it's just the best. They say, yeah. they, they say, like, you could eat barbecue every day.
0: That's what I I went there for South by and I stayed for like a week and a half every single time. And everywhere I went, I was like, let's get barbecue.
1: But don't you think it's different? Like, like, like when you eat barbecue, you're probably not eating three times a day. Like in California where you maybe eat a little bit healthier, like you maybe have like some kind of like egg omelet thing and then like, you know, a tuna thing for lunch and then some sushi for dinner. Like I think you're eating a little bit lighter food. Like when you eat barbecue, like this is what I think when you eat barbecue, like you wake up, you maybe have a bowl of golden grams, maybe. Right. And then, like, you're hanging out, you don't eat, you know, maybe you wake up at eight, you have that Golden Grams. And then, like, around two o'clock, you get your rib on, you get your barbecue on, and you eat, like, maybe five pounds of food. And right. then that's it. Till that next, like, bowl of oatmeal or Golden Grams in the morning. Like, you're done.
0: Uh, you've, have you seen the people in Austin? I feel like a lot of them maybe eat barbecue a couple times a day. Really? <laughs> like, there's
1: big people? <laughs> I mean, I probably, if I lived there too, I probably. I mean, eat,
0: nothing I'd, against the people in
1: Austin. I'd probably go for two massive barbecue meals. I would eat. Want my first barbecue meal around 10. Mm-hmm. I'd probably have ribs, some potato salad, some coleslaw, some cornbread. And then I'd wait till about yeah, that'd be around 10. And I'd wait till about seven o'clock and I'd have like brisket and maybe some chicken and some beans. And then that's it. Eat twice right. a day.
0: No oh, man, no so big hungry. sampler. So we got off topic. But uh, anyway, so they went to they went to Duffy's sports bar. Uh they were He, uh, uh, Austin, he was upset about the service. He said it was taking too long, so he left. Um, His dad said he was really quiet the entire time, uh, uncharacteristically quiet. He had been that way for about three weeks, Mm. um, and they were very concerned about him. Um, He then left dinner, went to his mom's house, where he tried to chug Wesson oil.
1: That's disgusting. Yeah,
0: and then his mom— Like, that's
1: a red flag. If you're a parent— And it's one thing, like, if you catch your kid trying to, like, chug a bottle of vodka or pounding beers. But when he's just randomly opening the kitchen cabinets and, like, trying to, you know, eat a tub of Crisco and pounding Wesson oil. Like, that's when you call the police, the National Guard, the fire department. Like, because that's that's just not, not right. Like, that's way, 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 way off.
0: So his parents, like, it was obviously disturbing to her. So she uh, then went to call her husband, her ex-husband. Um, they're separated. Uh, he came from the restaurant, met them over there. A lot more details came out after we talked about this. Yeah. But, um, well, this
1: is, this, is a, this is good to know. This is a red flag. This, yeah. this flock can make you crave Wesson oil, right?
0: I, that's the question. So then the next thing that she came in, and he was eating Wesson oil and Parmesan cheese out of a bowl.
1: That doesn't sound so bad when you I, with I was about to
0: say, do we need to also revisit what Mike won't Yeah, won't yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah. reason, I think the, the answer is nothing.
1: Yeah, that sounds kind of good, actually. Like, I'd I, I I, I I spread was actually, it on some bread, maybe.
0: I was actually thinking this. Like, maybe an olive oil, like, Parmesan cheese cocktail probably wouldn't be that bad.
1: But, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe he just, you know, like, western oil, like, that's the closest you, you get to olive oil. Mm-hmm. But it's weird. Dr- drugs, uh, you know. There's a, there's a class of drugs out right now. I think for schizophrenia that's been tra- traced to uh, having people do like all kinds of weird behaviors, like compulsive gamble and stuff. And they're and they're, they're they're directly linking this stuff. Like, these people are taking this drug, and all of a sudden they're exhibiting this behavior. So maybe if you're high on flocka, you crave wesson.
0: Maybe. Uh, um,
1: regardless, that's 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 behavior. That's red flag behavior. You know. As a parent, you expect to come home and your kid is huffing gas. Right. You know, paint. Whatever. These are things that you kind of expect to happen. When they do stuff like this, it's like, whoa.
0: Yeah, they were – so his dad took kind of a hard stance with him
1: and told him,
0: you know, he needed to go back to their house, to his house, because that's where they were staying at his dad's. So this was – he went two miles to his mom's, and then he blew past his dad. And then walked out of that house. And then on the other two miles, he was started walking towards his dad's house. Mm -hmm. And that's when he passed the Stevenson family that he uh, ate their faces off and horrifying things. Like, if you want to look it up online or even revisit episode two, we go into great detail of what he does. Um, But then uh, after that, that's where they caught him. um, And... Then he was taken immediately to the hospital. Um, but when they were taking him to the hospital, he refused to open his mouth. And then when they, when they finally got him to the what hospital— What was in his mouth? Some f- human flesh. He, was, like he
1: had a finger or something in there?
0: He had, like, some human skin in there. And, and he spit it out at the police officers. Jesus. And he said something to the effect of, I'm evil.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're also a cannibal.
0: Yeah, he's also <laughs> he's also a oh, cannibal.
1: God, this is horrific. It's like something out of a movie.
0: Yeah, so get this. Yeah. They did several talk screens on him, and they found no drugs in his system.
1: So he wasn't high on flaca. No,
0: he had a, an almost uh, just a very small trace amount of THC from maybe smoking pot the day before.
1: Well— is it because he was fiending for Flocka? You know what I mean? Like, he's just, you know, like, if Maybe. you can't get your Flocka, he just goes berserk.
0: Yeah, a lot of people said that uh, they heard him. So this is where it gets
1: really, really weird. Quick question, Doug. Uh-huh. Uh, before before you get into the explanation, is it possible that he smokes the Flocka? It literally changes the chemistry in his brain. Like, like yeah. it's like a permanent mind-altering experience sure. where all of a sudden he thinks he's a wolf.
0: Right. It it could do that, but they would still see some traces. It wouldn't be irreverable. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it would be. It would still be in the system. Or there'd be traces of it or something if it had been very
1: recently. Because how powerful of a drug If it, it literally would change like your neuro, neurological pathways. Yeah. Where I mean, it just permanently changes your perception. It's almost like a like an acid trip that never ends because yeah. it's affected your your actual physiology
0: yeah but the one thing they do do uh, on those tests is they took out of his hair took samples of his yeah. hair and things of that oh. and it didn't show any like history. Long, yeah long term they don't know if it if it manifests in the hair mm. but I mean he could have gotten on something a lot like that three weeks ago that like totally messed him up
1: not that I know um, that people do this not I don't, I don't know anything about this but I've heard Doug that a lot of people, like, say if they have a drug test, right, uh-huh. they'll drink, like, 50 gallons of cranberry juice in three right. days, and it's supposed to, uh, you know, create a false tox- toxology report so you can right. pass a drug test. Could it be that the Wesson oil covers the effects of the flock in the system? Like, like that's he knew it's that it's like, oh, man, I, I don't want them to find this flock in my system. If I drink a quart of Wesson oil, it'll clear that out. Possibly. I mean, how does this guy know so much about Flocka?
0: I have no idea. The new drug. So, um, so anyway, the other thing that was really, really weird is he left um, his parents' house. He was fine, although I mean, agitated, but okay. By the time he got to, um, by the time they got him back to the hospital, yeah, um, his uh, pH, his blood levels, like his white blood cell counts were all over the charts. He was about to die, um, and his throat was in- completely inflamed, so much so that they had to put him on a ventilator. So he drank something crazy from his parents' house to wherever the Stevenson's was. Yeah. Uh, they found a blue bottle with... Or a, blo- a bottle with blue liquid in it. Yeah. And they think maybe that was it. Um He had been rummaging through the cabinets in the stevenson's house um they thought for weapons but there was also all kinds of cleaning supplies on there
1: yeah so it's very he was just like drinking bleach like he started drinking whatever
0: yeah so um and so when like he was uh he was on desk door when we last left this yeah he recovered and after he recovered uh as soon as he became alert his uh, parents and his attorney went to go speak with him. And guess who else called? Dr. Phil.
1: Dr. Phil is in this?
0: And he called him and got through. And there's a conversation that he had with Dr. Phil. You're making this up. I am not.
1: Doctor, w- dude, what's up with Dr. Phil? The, the Dr. Phil renaissance. I, I know. In the, in the last few months has been it's unbelievable. Yeah. How is all of a sudden Dr. Phil tapping into the pulse of the underground like this? I mean, Cash me outside, how about that? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a phenomenon itself, but now you're telling me that Dr. Phil is is going to basically uh, shine a light on the, the Flocka and this this horrific story of yeah.
0: this dude. So wow. he, he was there. He was going to publish the story right after that, but there was such a backlash from the victim, the family of the victims. Yeah, I mean, this is a horrible story. I mean, it's, it's a terrible story. Um,
1: and that's why the, I'm surprised you would be on Dr. Phil's radar.
0: Exactly. But he huh. was he was right on it. He even um, flew his father out. It's and, us and Doctor Phil. Yeah.
1: Well, I think stories like this, even though they're horrific in nature, right? I mean, there's so many questions, um, you know, to examine. You know, and like so how many, does it
0: even now, like with everything, that's, like a
1: normal kid all of a sudden does this? I mean, I think as a parent or even just a friend, like you know, if, put yourself in a, in the shoes. If this was like your, your best friend, all of a sudden you're like, what? You know, what, yeah. what happened? And, and, and so, so uh, Doctor Phil gets through. I'm assuming the lawyers in this family was saying like, don't talk to anybody. Right. What did this kid say? Did he, did he talk he, to Dr. Phil?
0: Well, that's the big thing. So as of three hours ago, the judge is still ruling on. He, he just ruled that um, he believes that the Dr. Phil tape should be released and put into evidence. So they're going to be they're going to be part of the public record. Um, and so they were arguing that they couldn't use those and. Uh, because he wasn't under Miranda, and he wasn't under arrest at the time. Yeah. But they're saying that's public record. He was on the Dr. Phil show. I, I would tend to there. agree with that. I mean, if this I guy,
1: you know, everyone knows who Dr. Phil is. Yeah. I mean, he, he you know, what does um, he think? Dr. Phil's going to interview him and not air it?
0: Yeah. So, uh, and his parents were there. So even, he, he was not a minor. He's 19 at the time. And while mentally unstable— he still talked to Dr. Phil, and that should be allowed into evidence of some way.
1: Yeah, and the parents were there to kind of consent, right? I mean, listen, yeah. if, if Dr. Phil calls and his your house dad or, went yeah and his to dad, the
0: show and knew that he was going to be listening to the tape of his son.
1: Yeah, see, and I and I mean, honestly, that you know, there's a curiosity factor. Like, I want to hear what what his son said. I mean, how you know, like. And even his dad.
0: Well, trust me, we will be the first ones to talk about it when, <laughs> wow. when it when it comes back out. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's where that story is now. Pretty exciting. A lot of uh, developments. A lot of developments. Look
1: uh, at that. We, we talked about that in episode two, and uh, now Dr. Phil's all over it. It's yeah. us and Dr. Phil.
0: Yeah. Hmm. We're, we're on it. We're on the pulse. We uh, are. And uh, so he's facing the death penalty. And then uh, the other story that I wanted to talk to you about is one that I think you're going to going to absolutely remember. Uh, do you remember uh, Melina Roberge?
1: Mm. It's, t- it's tough with the names, dude. Yeah,
0: Isabel Legacy. It's
1: really hard with the names, Doug.
0: Let let, let me tell
1: they, you Were one, they from Florida?
0: Uh, they went on a f-
1: cruise. These were the girls that were smuggling the drugs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: 95 kilos of cocaine.
1: Yeah, yeah. The drug cruise.
0: So, um, the big thing with them now is that... Um, They've, uh, um, Isabel was the older girl.
1: These were, just reset it up. These were two girls that went on a cruise, got caught with like 94
0: kilos. A $20,000 cruise.
1: Yeah, $20,000 co- cruise. Around were, the world. Around the world were caught like 94,000 kilos of coke, Cocaine. And they were saying that they didn't know anything about it. Right. Like they're like, what?
0: They said they didn't know anything about it, but it was in all of their luggage and their clothes were intermingled with the cocaine.
1: Well, that much cocaine, I mean, like, to, to find, like, a pair of white socks, I mean, how difficult would that be? You'd be like, it, oh, there's all this cocaine yeah. all over my socks.
0: I mean, they were large bags of cocaine. Yeah. They, like, they you said, think you have a
1: deodorant stain on your shirt, but it's just, like, cocaine, cocaine. like, smushed into your, the fabric of your T-shirt. It was insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, that's, that's unbelievable. I mean, to, to have that much drugs and not and be like, I don't know, I don't even know if we, were, had, we were carrying this around with us. Like, right. Bags so, and bags and boxes and— you know, duffel bags full of stuff you never even opened up. So it was uh,
0: Isabel, who was 28, Molina, who was 22, and this guy, Tamini, who was 63. and um, They were all arrested when they got to the port in Sydney. Uh, drug dogs came into the boat. They knew that these kids were considered high risk, um, and they were—the uh, drug dogs instantly hit on their stuff. Doug, and,
1: it sounds— Highly unlikely, but do you think it's possible to be an unknowing, like, drug dealer? You know what I mean? Like, do you think there's any possible way, like, someone has a key to your house right now, while you're here doing this podcast, they're storing drugs in your new couch. Okay. And you just don't, like, like, you just never know that it's at your house. All of a sudden, bam, the cops come in and raid your house, and there's kilos all over the place, and you're like, dude, I don't know where this came from. You think it's a pot, like...
0: Uh, I totally think that's possible. People get framed like that all the time. Yeah. But... Do I think this is what happened in this case? Not at all.
1: Do you think it's possible that they they were on this awesome cruise and all of a sudden they're like, oh my god, we have all these drugs in our bags? But they were just kind of like, dude, I just want to like enjoy this cruise, like you know. So they, they
0: clearly like so they just kind of
1: looked away, like they're like, oh wow, there's there's a bunch of cocaine in my in my suitcase. Well, but that all you can eat lobster buffet at midnight sounds pretty good.
0: Well, at all their ports of call, they were like having a great time, taking photos everywhere. They. The um, uh, inner country task force that was working on this yeah. was keeping tabs on them through feeds off of the boat and also from uh, their Instagrams because they were posting so much. They knew exactly where they were. Yeah. So they would say to the local agents, here's where they are. Follow them from here because we just saw them post. Five now, now were, they, were
1: they like, did they have proof that they were dropping drugs off and picking drugs up? I mean, did they have proof of that?
0: That is unclear.
1: At this because point. here's the thing. Like, what if someone was like. Uh, they
0: think they, as I understand it right now, they think that they went to one port in South America. Yeah. And one in, like, Argentina. And those two locations were where they picked them up. I think the other location in South America was, like, Ecuador or something.
1: I could see how people could get caught up in this, right? Like, it's when they say, like, never, if someone gives you a bag at an airport, never carry it on the plane or whatever. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, you know, I could see how people, if they're like, hey, man, we're going to set you up on this cruise, like, just carry the suitcase and right. whatever. You know what I mean? Just leave it. When you get to Ecuador, just leave it at the airport. Right. That's all you got to do. And we're going to sit on this, like, dream cruise. I can see how a lot of people, you know, would be like, all right, like, whatever. Like, what they don't know doesn't hurt them, right?
0: Well, yes. I'm not but- saying
1: I would do that, but I can, I can understand how, the, how this, you know, how people could. Keep-
0: this, By the way, this is also so you know, this is the biggest drug bust on a cruise ship or passenger plane
1: ever? Are they sure that these weren't just drugs that guys on the cruise were selling to passengers? Because it seems to me like if you're going on like a twenty thousand dollar cruise, like like if I'm spending twenty thousand dollars to go on a cruise, like if I want cocaine, I want my my steward to to bring me some. You know what I mean? Like it seems like on on that level of cruise and that fancy, right? How expensive everything's like, you should really get whatever you want, right? I mean, are they sure that this just isn't the the normal? drug supply of of the cruise ship uh,
0: well they're actually looking into the cruise lines as well to yeah they' they know that this is a bigger syndicate problem yeah. these aren't the people who were running the cartel I mean this, I, I, this, this I guess is, th-
1: I guess that's what I'm saying like like I, I've never been on a really super fancy cruise like this as an adult I, I did go on a cruise when I was younger which was awesome um, but I can imagine that that a super like high-end cruise, Um, are they sure that, you know, I, cause I remember the the midnight lobster buffet, you would go to this, I swear to God, Doug, Uh midnight, you go to this dining room and it was like all the lobster you could eat at midnight. It was awesome.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: Now that's when I I was probably like a teenager, right? Right. So, you know, that was a long time ago. It was like in the eighties. Well, now it's 2017. How do we know that there's not like, you know, like, like there's the cruise and then there's the cruise. Like, it's like, there's the cocaine room that they just have. It's like a room full of cocaine that you can just go in and do.
0: Have no idea.
1: I don't either. But I'm saying this could be a possibility. Why it they could had so be much a po-
0: It could be a possibility. Again, I think there were mules. Yeah. Uh, and I think they have evidence of why there were mules. And I think they're trying to get them to flip. Mm. See, and-
1: yeah. I don't think. I don't. I think if you're a mule. You just okay, you get caught, you do the time. I don't think you you narc on the on, on the uh no, the I source. Don't. I think that's how you get like your your head cut off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have
1: friends that that work in Southern California for like fire departments and and like they go to scenes of like um like the Mexican drug gangs basically. Right. And like straight up, dude, there'll be like eight dudes in a bathroom with their heads cut off. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: I I think this scenario is also really it's they're they're between a rock and a hard place because they can get go up against the, the drug cartel, but they're also facing life in prison in Australia. Hmm. So it's a lose See, it's lose lose all the way around. Yeah. If they're, are the if they're walking the street at any point in time, uh, and the cartels get busted for this?
1: Well, I guess the thing, <laughs> being in prison in Australia might be the safest place for them. Probably. Although I I'm sure it, the, the drug cartels can get people on the inside. But I'm sure. But Australia's supposed to be awesome. Like, I, I've I've always heard awesome things about Australia, so I bet even the prisons are probably cooler than, than the ones, like, out in Modesto.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. but I,
1: Or Soledad or wherever.
0: Right. Um, so uh, the media right now is starting to target Molina. Molina mm-hmm. uh, has not... Um, she just, as of uh, the, the start of February, um, she had a bail hearing, bail hearing. It was postponed. She's the only one that they haven't determined what they're going to do. Um, and uh, she basically uh, was um, seen briefly in court once. And when she went into court, they were reading her uh, while they were considering the postponement the postponement of her, of her bail hearing, um, they had, uh, her reading off of all the crimes that she had committed yeah. and she could not stop sobbing through the whole thing.
1: Well, it's tough because, you know, when they do that, th- you know, this is the thing about 2017 and th- this, is, these are international crimes that right. they're committing, but it's like, even in, just in this country, I mean, if you do something illegal, like, you know, say you, uh, run through a stop sign and you, and you go to court for that, it's like, you're like, oh, I, I ran a stop sign. But then it's like you actually you broke like 70,000 laws. Like right. Reckless driving, irresponsible use of a motor vehicle, attempted manslaughter. I mean, like like there are so many laws that it's like you commit one crime. You just broke 78 laws. Right. No matter what you do. Um, so obviously, I mean, that has got to be overwhelming, you know. Now, are we on her side? This is the thing I don't understand about where we're at with the story, Doug. <laughs> do we have free Molina T-shirts we're going to start selling on our website? Or, like, where are we at? Are we supporting them? Are we saying, hey, they're going to do some time? Or are we just kind of reporting the facts without I, taking a side?
0: I don't think we're taking a side on this. I mean, she clearly did something that she knows was illegal. Yeah. Uh, she Her dad, before she left for this cruise, it was very spur of the moment. Um, and her dad said, how are you going to cruise around the world? This thing, it must cost a fortune. Who's doing it? And she would not say. And she yeah. would not tell her dad anything. He was actually very concerned. Yeah. Um And the other girl, um, Isabel, like, she, she posted stuff, like, on her. She walked out of her bar, um, didn't tell her boss anything. Um, she, all of her friends posted stuff on her uh, website. And she said, you know, if you're going to haters are going to hate and things like that. Well, and-,
1: and, and I guess that's my point, right? Haters are going to hate. Think about how many people are in prison right now because they had a pound of weed that they yeah. were driving across state lines or something, like like right now. Yeah. And then if you look at how, how the, the drug laws are changing in this country rapidly, like those people, you know, they, they didn't commit a crime. So, you know, so my point is I, I think what's interesting when you look at the war on drugs, you look at drug laws, you know, cocaine is still kind of in, in this different class than marijuana, obviously. But at the same time, like you know, you think they the, the say in 15 years they'll be like, dude. So they were, so they had 94 kilos of cocaine. It was for the cocaine room on the cruise ship. Like everyone does this, yeah. right? I mean, you think we'll ever get to that point, Doug? Where like like these types of crimes, um, you know, and and I I do
0: think we'll we'll get to the point where um, certain uh, dr- I, I think drugs are being inappropriately prosecuted at this time.
1: Well, and this is my point, okay. They have 94 kilos of cocaine. Obviously, That's they can't the do all that cocaine. Right. But at the same time, it's like other people will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like the 94 kilos of cocaine don't exist because no one is doing right. cocaine. Like right. there's clearly a demand for that drug. Right. And, and whatever kind of, uh, you know, part these guys played in, in getting that to the consumer, you know, sure. They, you know, they're breaking laws. My thing is that when you look at how the drug laws are changing so quickly – in this country you know globally you know maybe that should should, you know my understanding especially in south america it's always kind of been like uh look the other way like oh yeah you know like whatever
0: yeah i think uh well first of all um australia has zero tolerance on this um so they're screwed uh and there's no there's no wiggle room here like, I thought I,
1: Australia was kind of, like, progressive with drugs. No. You know? Not at all? Uh-uh. I know a lot of stoners from Australia. They smoke a lot of weed down there.
0: I think weed is probably considered okay. Yeah. Uh, but cocaine is definitely not
1: okay. In Australia. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, and so the other thing is that girl Isabel, um, she uh, was a former porn star when she was 19. Mm. Um, and... Uh, so she did not have a stellar reputation, and I guess she got um, counseled on kind of a direction to go. So she pleaded guilty, uh, and she's going to be sentenced on June third, June 30th. So she's got to wait around for quite some time.
1: So just because um, the fact this girl was an adult and decided to be in adult movies, which is, you know, I, I, there's not laws against that. No. She's getting forced to to plead guilty no like what I does that have to what, what, what does that have to do with it like
0: i i think that she's they i think she was going to get raked through the press and they were like this is not going to be good for you no matter what you don't have a you're not like a former uh missionary who Got spent, it. you know spent your life trying to do good for the world it's clear that the you, press
1: is good. The press is going to paint her to be this like monster or whatever. Yeah,
0: exactly. So it's nothing. The nothing's going to get better for her through putting her on trial. Mm. Like she's not she doesn't have a case for like a great.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be great if she was like, yeah, put me on trial. Like, Yeah, I was a porn star. Whatever. Like, right. This is what I did. I made my this how I made my money. Right. Like, uh, don't judge me. Haters are going to hate.
0: It would be different if she weren't caught with
1: 95 kilos of
0: cocaine. <laughs>
1: Well, maybe that could be like her new thing. You right. Know what I mean, like her, her that's, she should turn this and, and use that as her kind of calling card, like the, the drug dealing porn star.
0: I think they're basically saying you need to start figuring out how you're going to spend this with the police and give them what they want to know. Yeah. Because they don't care about these two girls. They care yeah. about who made the 95. bigger thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And so then it comes to this other dude who is 63 who has literally no history. Like he, they can, the only thing that they can find out about him was that he has no, uh, uh, he didn't have a wife or children, no relatives that they can find or locate. And the press has been scouring trying to find anything about this dude.
1: See, that doesn't surprise me though, because, because you know, you're talking about a dude who's 63 years old pre internet, right? Yeah. Like he's, like my brother is a little bit older than me. And like, I think, I'm not even sure. He may have an email address. I mean, you know, right. I mean, I really mean it. Like, so, so, like the older person, uh, you know, nowadays, like this generation, when they're sixty three, you're gonna be able to trace back every single thing they ever did, right? Because it's all out there on, on the on the uh, information superhighway. Is that what they call it?
0: Yeah, on the interwebs.
1: Yeah, the interwebs. Uh, but you know, a guy who's sixty three, that doesn't surprise me that they can't find anything on him because the dude probably like sends everything by stamps. He probably doesn't have a credit card. You know, he probably still like you know farms, right? You know what I mean? Well, like, he, rides he, a horse
0: to work? He had some small business, but they can't find out what exactly it was. Yeah. Uh, and they think it was to do with billing maintenance. Yeah. But it shut down in January. Huh. <laughs> so, sounds like a front to me for 95 kilos of cocaine. Yeah. So, I'm guessing this guy was the watchdog for the cartels
1: for these girls. Yeah, I'm not I'm not making any kind of comments on the cartel, Doug. That's that's Doug right there no, I, I, uh, making those connections. I, Mike <laughs> held up a
0: big picture told me what to say. I disagree with him completely, and I think the cartels are
1: not Whatever, something. Whatever, yeah. yeah. I just don't want to be involved. Yeah, don't we don't want to be
0: involved at all. We're not taking sides here. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's where it is. So those are two stories for our 20, 25th episode that we wanted to really— touch base on touch back at um you know i feel like uh we learned about on this one a lot of stuff so uh please obviously this hopefully our live stream went well do you think it's working i have no idea i have no way to even look at it um and then uh you know visit us on uh vomiting rainbows see episode two where we talk about some of these things Um, and then give us comments or feedback at uh, contactvomitingrainbows.com. Any of your ideas or story ideas are totally welcome. If you want us to revisit a story in depth, we'd be happy to. Uh, You can also find us and tweet us at WeVomitRainbows on Instagram, Twitter, or uh, Facebook.